Om Ajnanati Mirandasya Jnananjana Asalakaya Chakshurumiritam Yenatasmai Sri Gurave Namaha Ajanulambato Bhujo Kanakabodato Sankitanayaka Pitaro Kamalaya Takso Vishwambaro Dvichavaro Yugadhama Palo Vande Jagat Priyakaro Karunavutaro Vande Jagat Priyakaro Karunavutaro Shri Guri Vaishnav Guru Parampara ki jai Parinam Prabhu ki jai Shri Bhakti Vedanta Swami Prabhupada ki jai Bhakti Rakshak Shiradev Goswami Maharaj ki jai Shri Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasati Thakur Prabhupada ki jai Shri Krishna Kabiraj Goswami Mahashaya ki jai Chaitanya Charitamrita ki jai Gaur Bhakta Vrinda ki jai Gaur Premanandi so this evening we begin discussion of the third verse of the first chapter of Adi Lila, which is part of the Mangala Charan, auspicious invocation of Krishna's Kaviraj Goswami. And this verse is considered the Vastunadesh Shloka of Chaitanya Charitamrita. And it is explained at length in chapter 2. So we've heard about the verse, we've read the verse, in chapter 1, and now the explanation comes. As you may recall, there are 14 verses in the Mongol Charan, and they're elaborated upon in the following chapters of Adi Lila. first two verses are explained in the first chapter. The third verse is explained in the second chapter. The fourth verse is explained in the third chapter. The fifth and sixth verses are explained in the fourth chapter. The next five verses about who? Nityananda Prabhu, are explained in this fifth chapter. Next two verses about who? Adita Charya are explained in chapter 6. Chapter 7 is about what? Corresponds with the 14th verse. Panchatatta Atmakam Krishnam Bhaktarupa Sarupakam Bhaktavataram Bhaktakyam Namami Bhaktashaktikam This way he explains his Mangalacharan over seven chapters. Fourteen verses explained over seven chapters. Then he tells his own story, how he came to write Chaitanya Charitamrita, the blessings of Madan Mohanji. Then he explains the figurative tree of devotional service, fruits of love of God and the branches, which are what? You know all the answers. Huh? Speak up all the devotees. And those devotees are discussed in chapters then 10, 11, and 12. And then he speaks about the advent of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And the Lord's Kumar Lila, Poganda Lila, Kishore Lila, and Diovan youth, at which time he takes sannyas. And we go into Madhya Lila. So, chapter 2, explaining the Vastunade Shloka of the book. Kaviraj Goswami says, Sri Chaitanya Prabhum Bande Balupi Yadanugrahat Taren Nanamatagraha Vyaptam Sedanta Sadhana. Sri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhum Bande. My obeisances to Sri Chaitanya Prabhu, who is the Lord. And Balupi Yadanugrahat, he is the great Lord, and one who is just a Bala, a boy like Krishna Balaram, just a young boy, can accomplish something very wonderful by this Lord Chaitanya's mercy. Balupi Yadanugrahat, Tarinanamatagraha Vyaptam Siddhanta Sagara. He can come to cross over the ocean of Siddhanta, Siddhanta Sagaram, the ocean of conclusive truths in which there are many different philosophies that try to attack us and bring us down in our attempt to cross over to conclusive truth, to the end of all truth. So he begins his chapter with this kind of obeisances to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and it's appropriate for this chapter because he wants to describe here the absolute truth in this chapter. And he wants to inform us that the ultimate truth is Sri Chaitanya himself. Who is Krishna? Who is the Swayam Bhagavan? Who is Advaigyan Tattva? Who is manifested variously as Brahman, Paramatma, and Bhagavan and known in these features by different persons approaching the absolute in different ways by different paths? And when it's all said and done in the ocean of Siddhanta, of conclusive knowledge is crossed, it comes to this. 
Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. This is what the Goswamis realized. They realized this person, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, is what all of the scriptures talking about. What it's really aiming at, what its fruit is, is what he embodies. They could understand this. So they found a way to support their vision, their experience from the scripture. And that is our Gaudiya Tikas, Gaudiya Granthas scriptures, their way of explaining Bhagavatam, Chaitanya Charitamrita, we have to remember it. Bhagavatam is the very heart of Krishna. It is the primary book of the Sampradaya. It is the principal pramana or evidence cited by all of the Acharyas, Jiva Goswami in particular, and his Tattva Sandarbha. And Chaitanya Charitamrita is the distilled essence of Srimad Bhagavatam. So again, Gaur-lila and Krishna-lila. Gaur-lila is the distilled essence of Krishna-lila found in Srimad Bhagavatam. That fountain, Kaviraj Goswami says, from which innumerable streams are flowing in all directions of Krishna-lila. So Sridhar once commenting on the verse said, first the giver and then the gift. First Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and then the gift of Radha Krishna Lila that he gives. First the giver, then the gift. And first we will approach Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Then we can get the gift of love of God, love of Radha and Krishna, and then we can appreciate how great is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. <laughs> so again, it's like we said before, who comes first? Radha Krishna or Chaitanya Mahaprabhu? This is an eternal circle. Someone was telling me the other day, it's like infinity circle going like this, you know, that symbol. And what does he say in the fifth verse? This very idea that will come later, but Krishna is eternally one. He eternally becomes two. The two eternally become one again as Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So he wants to say here this conclusive truth of all the revealed scriptures, that is what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu embodied, what all the scriptures pointing at, aspiring for themselves, that is him. The Goswamis understood this. Krishna's Kaviraj Goswami is the follower of Sad Goswami's, Rup Sanat and Dir Goswami. His book, as we see, Chaitanya Charitamrita, it follows very closely the Satsandarbha of Jiva Goswami. So, Sri Chaitanya Prabhumbande, with his kripa, anugraha, means mercy. Even a boy, a child, he's saying, even a child. It's not easy for a child to understand philosophy, even to sit still to hear philosophy, but to speak of understand it. He's saying, he's making a comparison. The whole ocean of conclusive truth, and in that there are many half-truths. It was Mahaprabhu's opinion that as it is in our own, in common English parlance, it said half-truth is worse than no truth at all. Mahaprabhu said, in relation to the Buddhists, they're better than the Mayavadis, because they openly say there's no God, whereas the Mayavadis seem to say that there is a God, but if you look closely, there's none there. He disappears, like a wolf in sheep's clothing, like a lion, but disguised like a deer. Then amongst the deer, he will be very, very dangerous. The Mayavadis, yes, they are saying so many things about things about Krishna, but in the ultimate issue, then you want to do away with the form of Krishna. So anyway, half-truth is worth a no-truth. It's a, it's a formidable task to try to cross this ocean and come to actual conclusion of all thought, all revealed scripture. But he's saying, even a child can do this if he gets the mercy of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So pay attention, he's saying, to who is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Try to understand him so that you will seek his mercy. He says, Krishna Kitanagana Nartana Kala Patojani Brajita Sad Bhakta Vali Hangsa Chakra Madhupasheni Viharas Padam Karnana Di Kaladhvanir Vahatu Me Jiva Maru Pranage Sri Chaitana Dayani Dhetavalala Salila Sudhas Vadhani. This is a poetic verse of his own composition. He says, Krishnot Kirtana Gana Artana Kala Kirtana about Krishna 
loud utkirtana singing gana about Krishna and Nartana dancing kala. Kala means Krishna. Kala means art also. Krishna is said to be the personification of the art of love. Kabirat says, Oh, my merciful Sri Chaitanya, Sri Chaitanya Dayanidheta Balalasa, Lasala, Lila, Sudhasvadhuni, Swadhuni. Swadhuni means the Ganga. Lasal Lila Shuddha Swadhuni. Oh, Sri Chaitanya Daya, very merciful Sri Chaitanya, may the nectarine Ganges water of your transcendental activities flow on the surface of my desert-like tongue. Beautifying these waters are the lotus flowers of singing, dancing, and loud chanting of Krishna's holy name, which are the pleasure abodes of unalloyed devotees. These devotees are compared to swans, ducks, and bees. The rivers flowing produces a melodious sound that gladdens their ears. Jai Jai Si Chaitanya Jai Nityananda Jai Dvita Chandra Jai Gaur Bhakta Vrinda Kriti Shloke Artha Kori Vibharan Vastu Nidesh Rupa Mangala Charan So Kriti Shloka, the third shloka, Artha Kori Vibharan I will now give the Artha, the meaning, the wealth of that. This is the real economics. We want Artha, economic development of this kind. <laughs> Krishna calls Arjun several times in Bhagavad Gita Dhananjai means winner of wealth. He wants Arjun to win the wealth of what he has to say, to reap that. So Kaviraj Goswami says, now I'm going to give the wealth of this third sloka. I'm going to describe its wealth, its meaning. Vastu Nideshrup Mangalacharan. It's the form, the verse is the form of the delineation Nidesh of the Vastu. Ultimate means substance. Ultimate reality found in my Mangalacharan. And the verse is, Yad Advaitam Brahmapanishadi Tadapi Asatanubha Ya Atmandharyami Purusho Iti Shoshamsa Vibhava Sadaishwarya Purna Saiha Bhagavan Sasayamayam Nachetan at Krishna Jagati Paratatvam Paramiha. So Yad Advaitam Brahmapanishadi. This is the subject of the first line. That Advaitam, non dual substance. Brahmupanishadi, that is described in the Upanishads. Tadapi Asyatanubha. This is the predicate describing it. That it is the Tanubha of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. It is the fulgence, the halo of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And Atmantaryami Purusha. That Antaryami Purush. Paramatma. Antaryami, who's inside the indwelling Purusha person, Lord. It means the indwelling Lord. This is the subject of the second line. Iti, so, Shangsha Vibhava. This is the predicate describing it. It is the Vibhav of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. It means partial manifestation of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. That indwelling guide in the heart of everyone. And, Shad Aishvarya Purna, Ya Iha Bhagavan, Sasayamayam. And who is Bhagavan? It is, who is full of all Sadashvarya, six opulences. He is also Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is not Bhagavan, but Bhagavan is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. He's saying, Nachaitana Krishna Jagati Paratatvam Paramiha. And there is no truth. He is the absolute truth. There is nothing higher than or equal to, greater than him. Vastanudesh means this is the essence of what the book is about. The book is about the supreme truth and this person who this book is describing in terms of his Leela and his teaching and so forth, manifest here, is the ultimate entity, the ultimate substance, ultimate reality, in a most charming and endearing form. Brahma Atma Bhagavanam Nubhattin Anga Prabha Angsa Swarup Ting Bidechin. So he says, Brahma Atma Bhagavan. The Brahman, feature, Atma means Paramatma and Bhagavan, Anubhattin. These are the three subjects. And Anga, Prabha, Angsa, and Swarup, Tinvidechin. These are the three predicates that describe them. Bhagwan is the Swarup, Paramatma is Angsa of the Lord, and Brahma is the Anga Prabha, Fulgence. This is a little technical. It's a very philosophical book. And he wants to give us this philosophy in the beginning. 
before he begins to explain the Leela of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, so that we can understand that Leela in the proper light, in the light of the, like I've said before, this is the philosophical canvas on which the art of the love that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu exemplifies is drawn. So we have to know that canvas, otherwise his Leela will be misunderstood. He wants to give us that first. So don't avoid this section, this chapter. He says, Anubaragi Pachi Videya Stapan Se Artha Kohishun Shastra Vivaran. Now he states a principle of grammar in Sanskrit. He says, Anubaragi, a predicate, he says, always follows the subject. Now I shall explain the meaning of this verse according to the revealed scriptures. So what he says here about his verse, we'll see when he cites Pramana verses from Srimad Bhagavatam, verses that give evidence to support his thesis that uh, he employs the same principle of grammar to explain those verses properly, particularly the verse, Ete chamsakalapum sam Krishna's tu Bhagavan Swayam. Swayam Bhagavan Krishna, Vishnu Partatva, Purna Gyan Purnananda Paramahatva. Says Krishna, the original form of the personality of God, it is the summum bonum of the all pervading Vishnu. He is all perfect knowledge and all perfect bliss. He is the supreme transcendence. Nanda Sutta Bali Jandre Bhagavate Gai Se Krishna Bhutina Chaitanya Bhushai. He whom Nanda Sutta Bali Jandre Bhagavate Gai. He who is sung about by the name of Nanda Sutta Bhagavate in Srimad Bhagavatam. Se Krishna Bhutina Chaitanya Bhushai. That same Krishna who has sung by the name Nanda Sutta Jashodanandana Bhagavate in Srimad Bhagavatam. That person. This Chaitanya Gosai is the same one. This is his thesis. And this is controversial. There's two things that he's saying here in this chapter that are controversial in terms of the time that this book is manifesting. Our whole Sampradaya is manifesting at the time of the writing of Chaitanya Charitamrita and the Goswami Granthas and so forth. They're bringing a new religion to the world. It's the oldest religion. It's the essence of the whole entire scriptural canon but it's appearing in a form that has never appeared before. Fullest and overt expression of that. And it's difficult for the people to discern it, even people who are steeped in the scriptures of the time and so forth. They couldn't understand what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was about without Gosamis. I've said before, he was like a great waterfall of ecstasy of Mahabhav. So you can look at that from a distance and be awed, but you cannot approach that waterfall. Goswamis, they, did the, they were the first stage of institutionalizing what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was about by way of writing these scriptures that explained him and made him accessible to an extent. So they took from the waterfall and made a lake out of their scripture so that we could approach that wonderful thing and take advantage of it, what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was about. Later institutionalization comes on another level. It becomes more gross when it comes from the literature down to an organization like a, a mat or a mission. We have to understand that this institutionalization has its value. People are sometimes against institutionalized religion these days because of all that's gone on in the name of institutionalized religion, all of the corruption and so forth. But um, we shouldn't throw, as they say, the baby out with the bathwater. It's an English saying. If you're bathing the baby in the water and you want to get rid of the dirty water, don't throw the baby out too. So the institution has some value. If it weren't for the Goswamis writing about and making accessible thereby to some extent through their literature. And it's limited because you can only say so much. Uh, you can't say enough. You cannot say enough about this. To go into the land of faith and come back to the world of doubt and try to explain that, it's doubtful whether you can do it completely. <laughs> so they did, to some extent. We approached that. We should understand the scripture in that way, what it is, so that we can try to catch the meaning of it and not get caught on the outside of it. It's like on a lower level, we're drawn into an organization that's about propagating love of God. It's not about an organization. It's about love of God. And the organization is only as valuable as it facilitates the development of love of God. And otherwise, it has no value. Once when I was writing Bodhivedanta magazine, some of you may be familiar, have been familiar with that. Well, it was going out here, there, and everywhere, and a godbrother of mine got a copy of it. Achutananda Maharaja. It was 
living in New York and uh, quite a bit uh, alienated from the devotees. <laughs> Another devotee told me, I met a Chudananda at the bank and he was just working right down the street from the temple in Brooklyn. And I asked him, he said, Chudananda, how come you don't come to the temple? And he said, if you know a Chudananda, it makes more sense. So I don't have any friends there. He was kind of quick with humor. And, yeah, sharp with his tongue. <laughs> I don't have any friends there. I don't know anybody there. It's kind of a philosophical statement, you know, in the form of a jest. I don't know anybody there. I don't have any friends there. The institution can become something other than what it was intended to be. Anyway, he wrote me a short note reading Godivedanta. He liked it very much. He wrote me a short note and he said, I was there when Prabhupada formed ISKCON and signed the corporate papers and so forth. And he said, your magazine is nice and it reminds me of something. At that time, I'm paraphrasing, forgive me because I can't remember his letter in entirety, but the spirit of it was this. He said, at the time that Prabhupada signed the corporate papers, he told us that now we're forming this institution for the sake of helping people to cultivate Krishna consciousness. But if it ever gets in the way of that then as quickly as we're putting, as much effort as we're putting it together with here, we'll take that effort to leave it and start another one and go somewhere else. He wrote me that. And he was saying basically what you're writing in the magazine has some substance to it. And this is the reappearance of what, this was the implication of what he's saying, of what that spirit was. Prabhupada formed an institution to distribute and facilitate the culture of. Just as a side note, it wasn't easy for us to leave the ISKCON society. It was not easy to do, but we had to be objective also if we were to make progress. With so many religious organizations is more or less the history, the norm. It's even the norm of Gaudiya Vaishnavism. The first attempt in one sense of this type of institutionalization on this level was Bhaktisiddhanta Sarsati Thakur's mission of 64 moths and so forth. And the problem came from that. Prabhupada left, started ISKCON. I mean, we're not doing anything great like that, but the idea is we should try to always gravitate towards the substance, but our orientation being sensual and mental, intellectual, at best oftentimes, and not spiritual, is that we gravitate towards the fringe of the thing. We're drawn in by the spirit of it, but then we gravitate towards the external of it. Bhaktivinoda Thakur calls this Barabahi Vaishnav. Barabahi means he carries a heavy load, the burden of the external trappings of the Sampradaya. And he encouraged us to be Saragrahi Vaishnav, gravitate towards the essence of that, the essence seeker. So Chaitanya Gosai is that same Krishna of Srimad Bhagavatam. This is a controversial point, two controversial points at the time. Krishna Kaviraj Goswami is having to deal with in the forming of the Sampradaya through the writing of books. One is that Krishna is Swami Bhagavan. And the controversy continued even after the writing of Chaitanya Charita. I mean, in those days, of course, books weren't being distributed on the Internet and so forth, and it was as easy as getting online to find out what some religion was all about. So, you know, there was a famous controversy in Jaipur where Govindaji was kept by Jai Singh, and he was given the prashad of Govindaji and Radhika to Narayan because he was following Gaudiya conception. You're thinking, Narayan will take the prashad of Radha Krishna. And those bhaktas of Narayan, maybe Ramnadis or some form of Ramanujas, they were objecting to this. And also the stress on Radha, the Shakti. This is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu taking the Tantra and Veda, the female and the male sections of the scriptures and bringing them together into union to explain the absolute truth. And there's the Shaktas and then there's the Bhaktas clashing at odds with one another. Mahaprabhu took the two and combined them together. He said, you can call us bhaktas, or you can call us shaktas, either way. Hmm? In fact, most people call us bhaktas, but we will feel more complimented if you call us shaktas, parashaktas. We are following Sri Radha, parashakti. See how he is, in so many ways, he was a harmonizer, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu of his time. Anyway, they didn't understand in Jaipur, the challenge came to the Sampradaya and the young Baladev Bidyabhushan, follower of Sripad Vishwanath Chakmati Thakur, rose to the occasion, wrote his Gurindabhasha, Prema Ratnavali, established the Vedanta of, of Gaudiya Vaishnavism. Because the first thing the challenger said is, this is the problem you find today, and lack of integrity. They said, well, what is this business? 
you're worshipping like this and putting Krishna superior to Narayan and putting emphasis on the Shakti and this is some newfangled religion and so you come and discuss with us. But they weren't really that interested in discussing. They said, oh, we want to discuss with you. So he came. They said, where is your tikka? They knew he had no tikka on Vedanta Sutra. You have no tikka, then we don't talk to you. So we should not just find some ploy, some trick in debating to do away with people. We should answer the controversy. And Krishna says, of speech I'm vada. That means that speech, that where you get together with somebody, you want to come to the truth of the matter. You come in there with an opinion, but you're open. Well, let me hear all their arguments. And let me try to understand their arguments and why they think the way they think. Always we have to be a little fluid if we want to make progress. Open, a little fluid. We should be sure about what we're doing. But enough that we can be fluid enough to, just like when we used to sell books, we'd like kind of like melt and go inside of people's heads and try to understand what they were thinking, what they were about, and then speak their language to them, why they should take the book. Ask a couple questions, they say a couple things, you go inside their mind, try to then, from that vantage point, look at yourself standing there with a book. What does he want to hear about? What is he interested in? How to present it? So anyway, they didn't come with the openness to really to discuss. They just put this trick up front. Oh, you don't have Vedanta Sutra? Then only you discuss till you finish. But he was tricky also. <laughs> and Govindaji most tricky. So Govindaji revealed Govindabhashi in his heart, that commentary. And when he writes it, Valadev says in introduction, there's no need for this book because Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has said, citing Garuda Purana, that Srimad Bhagavatam is a natural commentary on Vedanta Sutra, among other things. There's no need for this, but you people want it, so we're doing it anyway. And of course, it's wonderful what he wrote there. He said he did it in a short time, only seven days. So there was some controversy continuing after this. Just to assist, I'm citing this just to illustrate further the point. What Mahaprabhu's close associates were doing, what the climate was at the time, they were establishing a new religious idea. It is the oldest religious idea, but new to most people. <laughs> and so this is one of the major works. And these are the two controversies that Krishna's Kaviraj Goswami wants to deal with. That Krishna is the Supreme Godhead, source of Narayan and all avatars. That is one controversial point. And if that's not enough, the next one is even more controversial. Our Guru, our avatar, our God, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, is that Krishna himself. This was a lot to put forward. So he tries to do that in this chapter. That same Nanda Sutta that Bhagavatam sings about is right here. Same one, not an avatar of him, but that very same person. And as I said before, these Gaudiya Vaishnavas are so wise. They love Krishna so much. Therefore, they know Krishna. Therefore, they know if Krishna himself is here, he's not alone. They thought like this. Who knows Krishna that much to even think that far? So many people are saying that this is Krishna, that is Krishna. They said, this is Krishna himself, Prajendanandan Krishna. And because we say he's Krishna... We know, because we know that Brajendranandan Krishna, he's not going to be here without his friends, without his mother, without his father. He's not going to do anything really different. The same Leela, basically parallel between all the Leela of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Krishna. They showed all these things. Just see how deeply they understood Krishna. No one would even think to that far. <laughs> and of course, as it became apparent, those who were writing, they were those associates. As they began to think, Baldev must be here. They realized, oh, it's Nityananda Prabhu. And this one must be here. And it's you, and it's you, and we're all here. And he came with us. He sent us first, and then he came, and he came about the same time. This is deep thinking. This shows they really knew Krishna to reach that conclusion. Yeah. And of course, as I said before, no one flatters Krishna like Gaudiya Vaishnavas do. You are the Supreme Partatva. They're doing two things, flattering him like nobody else. And people are criticized. How can you say that about Krishna? What is, what is our reply to that? All we're doing is flattering Krishna, saying he's the greatest, superior to Narayan. <laughs> Why are we saying that? We love him. And according to our love, we can demonstrate it from the scripture. You may not accept our interpretations of scripture, but then you're really complaining about our flattery of Krishna. What does Krishna say? Who knows me loves me. Whoever loves me the most knows me the best. <laughs> so who has more love for Krishna than Gaudiya Vaishnavas? <laughs> so who knows Krishna better than Gaudiya Vaishnavas? Nobody. Not only do they say these flattering things about him, but then they say also things that make him blush. And 
Sri Radha's, you, Prabhupada said this. How did Prabhupada spread Krishna consciousness? I'll tell you. It's all found in one poem. One poem before he ever reached America, he wrote. What did he say there? What was his reasoning? He said, oh, my dear, Bhai. He's writing to Krishna. Saraswati Thakur, Prabhupada, my Gurudev, has sent me here. The implication of the prayer is, he's the delegation of Radha. He has sent me here. She has sent me here to do something in this foreign land. Now, I need some power to do that, because he's asked something very extraordinary. Therefore, I say to you this. It's fixed. He uses the word druva. It's known and fixed for all time and can never change. Druva means like the pole star. Everything's moving around it. It can't be moved. Everything moving around it. So he says it's fixed in time forever. Druva. That if Radhika is pleased with you, my dear Bai, that that will be good for you. Hmm? Therefore, I say to you, she wants me to do this. And if she becomes pleased, it will be good for you. Therefore, you have to give me the power to do it. This kind of bargaining he did with Krishna. And this mission has expanded from that. What wisdom he had feeling. Make that kind of negotiation with Krishna, his friend. Give me the power. Radha will be pleased with you. You will be benefited. (laughs) And I will be able to do her seva. And in such a big way, Krishna gave him the shakti. Krishna shakti vina nahita pravartana. This cannot go on without Krishna Shakti. What is Krishna Shakti? Sudha Shatma Visheshatma Premasuryang Susamyabhak. Rupa Goswami says, This ray of the sun of Prem, that is Bhav, it enters the heart in a special way. Sudha Shatva Visheshatma, in a particular, Vishesh means in a particular way. It means Ladini Shakti, Samvit Shakti. These two aspects of the Lord's Antaranga Shakti, Swarup Shakti, Make up bhakti. When that dawns in the heart, one becomes bhakta. That means at that point, Krishna relates with you directly. Krishna's atmaram. He only interacts with his own shakti, his own swarup shakti, not maya shakti, and not jiv shakti, unless the jiv shakti has ingress of swarup shakti. means Krishna giving his own heart to them when he relates. This is bhava bhakti. Of course, we can associate with Krishna one way, even though we may not have bhav. How can we associate with Krishna? By serving those bhav bhaktas, whom Krishna wants to serve, but they never allow Krishna to serve him, them. Krishna's most cherished desires, he wants to serve those devotees. But they're always avoiding him. So we can fulfill the most cherished desire of Krishna by serving those bhava bhaktas and prema bhaktas, by serving them. This is our means for making a substantial connection with Krishna. We can be the instrument through which he fulfills his most cherished desire. Prabhupada had that kind of shakti. And movement is going from that, from the simple negotiation with Krishna. Simple and clever, very clever. All the power came. So only by this power can preaching go on, not by anything mundane, by simply intellectual exercise or anything like that. That will not go far. So Krishna's Kaviraj Goswami, he wants to establish these points. Krishna's Swayam Bhagavan, and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was that same Krishna. And it was controversial at the time, a big task. This is, I talked about Jaipur, even after Chaitanya Charitamrita was written sometime, still a controversy is there. It is a controversy, and in this chapter, in the end, he tells us also, Krishna's Kavarash Goswami says, don't avoid controversy, because actually it comes to strengthen you. Don't just be absorbed in controversies, but understand the controversy. Don't hide away from that, for what it is. So, Prakash Vishesh Tenghadhari Tinam in terms of his various manifestations, he is known in three figures called impersonal Brahman, localized Paramatma, and Bhagwan, the original personality of Godhead. And then he comes to his Praman verse. Now he's made some points in Bengali. Now he cites a verse from Srimad Bhagavatam as evidence for what he's saying. And this is, as I said before, how Chaitanya Charitamrita works. He speaks in Bengali, makes a point, and then he substantiates it from the scriptural canon primarily from Sumat Bhagavatam, the primary scripture of the Gaudiyas, other than Chaitanya Charitamrita, which is the distilled essence of the Bhagavatam. We can cite Chaitanya Charitamrita as a pramana in Gaudiya circles, but preaching outside of Gaudiya circles, Chaitanya Charitamrita will not be accepted as a pramana. But he's already given the pramana from Bhagavatam, Puranas and Shruti and so forth, Bhagavad Gita, to establish his points. I had a 
idea was to take all of the pramana verses of Chaitanya Chaitamrita, make a book of them with just a thread of explanation connecting one to the other to show all the points in brief of Krishna's Kaviraj Goswami's philosophy. Maybe some of you can help me with that. It's a good idea, actually. This verse will take some explanation, this next verse. He cites this verse from Srimad Bhagavatam. This verse is cited six times in Chaitanya Charitamrita. So it's an important verse. It's cited twice in this chapter, twice to in Sanatan Siksha, where Mahaprabhu is enlightening Sanatan Goswami. Mahaprabhu himself cites this verse when speaking to Prakashananda Sarasati in 25th chapter of Madhya Lila. One, two, three, four, five times, I guess. And it comes from Srimad Bhagavatam. Where in Srimad Bhagavatam? In the first chapter of Srimad Bhagavatam, there's a question. There are six questions by the sages. One of the questions is, what is the ultimate dharma? And this is the first question that's answered in chapter 2. And it's answered in about 20-some verses. Sutta Goswami says, he praises his questioners, what nice questions you've asked. I'm enlivened now to give the answer. He says, Sadai Pumsa Parodharma Yatro Bhakti Hoksaje Ahitukiya Patihataya Yatmasan Pasidati Vasudeva Bhagavati Bhakti Yoga Prayutita Janyati Ashubhairabhyam Gyanam Chaita Hoitakam Dharma Sunastita Pumsam Vishvaksinakatas Nutpadayad Yadirutim Srama Evahi Kevalam Kama Sinindriya Pritila Bhoji Veta Yabata Jiva Satatvatyagnasa Narto Yascheya Karma Bhi he says first, the supreme dharma, dharma, for all people, yuto devotion to adhoksaja, Krishna. Adhoksaja means that plane of knowledge that we cannot access unless it exercises itself in relation to us. Revelation is required. Sridhar Marsh described that adhoksaja like UFOs. I gave this example the other day. It's worth repeating. He said adhoksaja plane means, you know what a UFO is, right? People see these UFOs, but as soon as they go to tell their friends about it, they're gone. They reveal, this is just a theory, of course, they reveal themselves to whom they want, and no one else can see them. They saw it. I saw, I saw. And then they go to tell their friends, it's gone. And the friend's going, uh-huh, you saw a UFO. You know what a UFO is, Marsh? UFO means unidentified flying object, like alien from another planet. People, they say, they saw a spaceship. It landed on a mountain, and some man came out and said something to me. I went to tell my friends. I brought them there, and it was gone. But he said, I saw, I saw. Friends are going, uh-huh, mm-hmm, you saw, you saw that? Sure. Maybe you should see a doctor, they say. No, I saw, I saw. So they reveal themselves to whom they want, and no one else can see. And just like those UFO people, if you see one and you're convinced, and you can't convince any of your friends, eventually your friends desert you, and you have to join a UFO society (laughs) of other people who have seen, and you spend your whole life researching. (laughs) What did he look like when you saw him? What did he look like when you saw him? Talking about those UFOs. It's an apt example. God reveals himself to whom he wants. And when he shows, then you try to talk about him to your friends. And you can't quite explain it. They reject you often. They think you're crazy. You have to go join a society of devotees and live with them and research about that person forever. Who is he? Where is he? How can we get in his spaceship and go back to God? (laughs) Who cares for these non-believing people? I saw, I saw that is the principle of darshan. That the Lord reveals Himself to whom He wants. He shows Himself. So yato bhakti hoksaja. Hoksaja also generally means by kunta, but this verse also Jiva Goswami has explained how it refers to Brajendranandan Krishna. I believe in relation to the Shakatasur Leela. There, they, after that cart is smashed and by Krishna's kicking in and it breaks down, and all the gopis surround Krishna and they bathe him and they anoint him with the name of hoksaja and so forth. They glorify him by that name. So, anyway, and of course from Bhagavatam it's clear what that Adhoksaja is about, that it's Krishna himself. And it comes from the second two lines. This means that Adhoksaja must be Krishna. Because Adhoksaja bhakti, 
means, well, general bhakti can be ahaitiki bhakti, means it's causeless. It means it's not from the plane of cause and effect of karma. It's from beyond that. But it also means ahaitika prithyata. It has no beginning. Nityasiddha Krishna prema sadhaka bunai. Shabhanadi sudhachite kare udai. Nityasiddha Krishna prema. It's not, a, again, it's not a causal thing. It's eternally existing, this bhav. Nityasiddha Krishna prema. By hearing a chanting, it awakens, it comes out. But it's, etern- it's not a product of time, it's not a product of sadhana. It's not that sometime it didn't exist, and by sadhana you'll make it exist. It's always existing, eternally. And it becomes manifest in the context of hearing and chanting. So it's a haituki and apartihata. Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur said, In our religion, we worship Krishna with the lower half of our body. This is a very heavy statement. It means, in Vaidhi Bhakti... In strict Vaidhi Bhakti, if you're doing Seva Puja, you cannot touch below the belt, the legs, the lower part of the body. You cannot touch everything above. Hmm? They're only giving half the body to Krishna in Vaidhi Bhakti. Hmm? But the gopis are giving everything to Krishna. <laughs> no reservation. There's nothing they will stop at to satisfy Krishna. <laughs> Strong statement. <laughs> Actually, if you study carefully these words, it comes to Braj Bhakti of the gopis. They can only be applied to them. Therefore, that at Hoksaj is Brajendranandan Krishna. And Atmasamprasiditi. What is that Parodharma? That by which the Atma means Paramatma, means Krishna, is fully satisfied. Now, by what is Bhagavan fully satisfied? That is that Paraki above. Therefore, it is Dharma. Although it's a mystic illusion, everyone is Swakya, everyone belongs to Krishna. No one belongs to anyone else. When Parikshit Mars asks, how could Dharma say to Krishna, the very bridge of religion, how could he have a relation with somebody else's wife? What does Sukadeva Goswami say? He says, wait, first understand this. Krishna is the husband of the gopis' husbands. Okay? <laughs> He's the supreme barter. Yeah. Supreme maintainer of everyone. First get that straight. Other than that, he said, great persons can do things that other people can't do, and Different ways to explain, but this is a siddhanta to begin with. Everything belongs to Krishna. Parakiya is actually the highest belonging. Swakiya. It's, gopis aren't married to anybody else, but an illusion is created by Yogamaya that it makes it appear as such. And this illusion gives the highest pleasure to Krishna. Therefore, it must be Dharma, it must be the highest, it must be Haituki Bhakti. Dharma. So he says this. And then he says, Vasudevi Bhagavati Bhakti Yoga Prayotita Janiyatiyashu Vairagyam Gyanam Chayadahoitukam By this Bhakti Yoga, Vasudevi Bhagavati Bhakti Yoga Prayotita Janiyatiyashu Vairagyam Gyanam Chayadahoitukam Vairagyam and Gyanam, these are two paths. The path of Vairagya and Gyan that are overtly spiritual. Overtly they appear to be spiritual. You've got this guy across the street from Lalita Ashram here, Tyagi. He stood on one leg for several years just so that the people would come and say, what are you all about? He said, I want a temple built here. Build a temple, I'm going to stand on one leg to build a temple. And so many foolish people came and gave rupees, lakhs and lakhs of rupees. Now he's got a big temple there. He stands on one leg, rests on a swing, and he has a job mall in his hand, and he's so intoxicated from smoking ganja that it's apparently is falling on the ground half the time. You can go and see. And people are giving money, some kind of vairagi, <laughs> tyagi of some sort, and gyan, Path of Gyan, another path. Gyan and Virag, they go together, but these things, Rupa Goswami says in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, ah, a little Gyan and a little Vairagya may be useful in the beginning, but they are not Angas of Bhakti. They are not limbs of Bhakti. A little knowledge, a little detachment may be useful. What is that knowledge? Who is God? It's Krishna. That might be a little useful. Hmm? And what is a little Vairagya? And that's what he's teaching here. Who is Krishna? Krishna is to Bhagavan Swayam. And a little Vairagya, what is that Vairagya? Whatever is Pratikul, to Bhakti. And we have nothing to do with that. Next verse, Rupa Goswami says, but to emphasize his point, but too much Vairagya, too much Gyan, that is Pratikul to Bhakti itself. It makes the heart hard. You become proud because you have some knowledge. You become renounced. It brings pride. Actually, you see, this tag, it's a vicious circle. What these people are doing, so much tag, they're performing for what? What do they get for that tag? Foolish people come and give them calm. 
They give them all kind of sense gratification. They offer money and everything else. So what are they getting from this? So bhakti is like Ganga, Devi. Jnana by Ragya are like little streams. If they enter Ganga, they have success. They make it to the ocean. Otherwise not. So bhakti is the harmonizing factor. Bhakti is the spirituality in the whole affair. Go to the ocean of Krishna, ocean of Prem. So he says, this path, bhakti yoga, that is the best path. This is the best dharma. Ahaituki bhakti. He says, by this, janiyati ashu vairagyam jnanam cha. Very quickly, ashu, you can get jnana and vairagya. This is, comes to serve bhakti. Because other people may think, as he said in this chapter, there are many crocodiles in the ocean of Siddhanta to cross. They're preaching at this time. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu preaching at the time. So many maya bodies, so much tag, renunciation they're showing. For that reason, Goswamis lived under a different tree every night. You don't have to do that to be a bhakta. But to show what Krishna Leela is, that we can have as much vairagya as you, and much jnana, writing all these scriptures. Otherwise, I said, they're just village girls, these Goswamis. They're showing to the maya bodies. We'll show you. You want to talk about vairagya? Look at our Raghunath Das Goswami and show a standard of renunciation. So this verse, he's describing and answering their question. Sutta Goswami answering the question of the sages. What is the highest dharma? He's describing it. Then he describes it negatively. He says, Dharma sunastita pumsam vishvaksena katasuya. Not These kind of verses. And srama evikevalam, you just wasted your time if you follow the dharma of Varnashram. As far as gyan vairagya, you could quickly get that by bhakti as a secondary. As far as the Varnashram and so forth, you can do it very nicely. That's another duty. There's not a crocodile in the ocean of Siddhanta, to use Kaviyarsh Goswami's terms. But you do it perfectly, but you don't develop any, any taste for Krishna, any ruchi for bhakti. Shramevi kevam, waste of time. Kamasya nendriya pritir. Labod jiveta yabata. Jivasya tattva jignasu. Natoyasya karma he says. Kamasya nendriya priti. Love of the senses, one should not be preoccupied with this. Kamasya nindriya priti. Life, he says, is not about love of the senses. Kamasya nindriya priti, labo jiveta yavata. Jivasya tattva jignasu karma bi. Life should be lived because it gives us the opportunity. Jivasya tattva jignasu to inquire about the nature of the tattva. And then he says, what is that tattva? Vadanti tat tattva vidas tattvam yadjnanam advayam brahmeti paramatmeti bhagavan iti shadvite That tattva is advayjnan. And now what I'm telling you, I'm saying that this tattva, this advayjnan tattva, tattva vidas, tat learned people say, not just anybody, but people who actually know whose opinion is worthy, the Shruti. They say this. Bhagavatam is commentary on Vedanta Sutra. So they say this. Advaigyantattva. The substance, vastu, ultimate truth, tattva vastu, is Advaigyantattva and variously expressed as Brahman, Paramatma and Bhagavan. So this is a very uh, important verse. As I said, it's cited at least five times in Chaitanya Charitamrita. Jiva Goswami's whole Satsandarva is based on this verse and another verse, Krishna's two Bhagavan Sayam, this verse from Simon Bhagavatam. Whole Satsandarva is based on these two verses. He begins his Tatvasandarva with a Angulachar Namaskar verse to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. He says, from Bhagavatam, he cites, Krishna Varnam Tisa Krishnam Sangopangasta Parshadam, Yagnaisam Kirtana Praya Yudantihi Sumedasa. Then he explains it in his next verse. In Tatvasandarva, he says, what? Antar Krishna Bahi Gauram. He's explaining inside he's black, outside he's golden. And, and this Krishna Varnam, who is disguised outwardly, he's Krishna. Varnam, he's of the category of Krishna. He speaks only about Krishna. But Tisa Krishna, golden in color, he's not black, that he's Krishna. And he's worshipped by Sankirtan, by those who have Sukriti, Sumedasaha, means the kind of thinking, the kind of ability to think theologically that comes from bhakti unmukhi sukriti, sukriti gathered from contact with bhakti, fine theistic intelligence, then engage in sankirtan and worship him. He takes this verse, Jiva Goswami, the first verse 
of his Tattva Sandarbha, in his Mangalacharan, in the last verse of his Mangalacharan, those two combined together are what this verse of Krishna's Kaviras Goswami is all about. His Vastunade Shloka of Chaitanya Charitamrita, Brahman and Paramatma and Bhagavan are aspects of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. In his last verse of the Mangalacharan Tattva Sandarbha, Jiva Goswami offers his respect to that Krishna who is known variously as Brahman in the Upanishads and as Paramatma, expanded in everyone's heart. He's Bhagavan, who sports in Vaikuntha, this Krishna. So he says, to this Krishna I offer my respects, and he's saying this Krishna is that Chaitanya, those two together. From these two verses, the first and last verses of the Mangala Charn for Tattva Sandarbha, which is the first book in the whole Satsandarbha of Jiva Goswami, Krishna Goswami took those verses combine them together in one verse for his Vastanadesh Shloka of Chaitanya Charitamrita. And all of those shlokas, those of Jiva Goswami, this one of Krishna Kaviraj Goswami, they are based on this verse of Srimad Bhagavatam and the other verse in the third chapter of the first canto, Ete Jamsakalapumsa Krishna's to Bhagavan Sayam. And Jiva Goswami said, this verse is the Paribhash Shloka, the key to understanding the whole of Srimad Bhagavatam. If you can turn this key, then what's inside the treasure can come out. If you now try to understand Prabhupada's repetition, what did Prabhupada say more than anything else probably in his books? Every time he says Krishna, he says, the Supreme Personality of Godhead. You think, come on, take it easy. It's like, we got that point. You know, you said it, you know, we should go on the folio. How many times he says the Supreme Personality of Godhead? He did it for a reason. He had something in mind there. This is the key to understanding the whole Bhagavatam, the whole Siddhanta. Hmm? Get this point. The Supreme Personality of Godhead. The Supreme Personality of Godhead. Swayam Bhagavan, Swayam Bhagavan, Swayam Bhagavan. We said before, Brahmeti Paramatmeti Bhagavaniti Shabdite. Okay, this is the absolute truth expressed in three ways. It's Advai Gyantatla, but who says that's Krishna? That was said by Varuna. When Krishna's father was kidnapped, taken down to the clutches of Varuna, and Krishna came to save him, Nanda Maharaj. Then Varuna said, Om Namo Bhagavate Paramatmane Brahmane to Krishna. Jiva Goswami says, just see, Bhagavatam is confirming that this non-dual substance, non-dual knowledge, variously manifested as Brahman, Paramatman, Bhagavan, this is Krishna. And again, now this Krishna is Chaitanya. This is a big, this is the background for all this. Granted, it's a little technical, but it's worth hearing, because these are charges to said. You understand the significance of these verses. We can just go through and read them. That's a nice verse. <laughs> but where does it fit in the context of the whole, all the Goswami Granthas? What are they? Is there are certain key verses the whole thing's unfolding from. So these verses, are, he labors to explain the significance of them in this chapter, and thereby establish these two controversial points. So we'll hear more about the significance of this verse tomorrow.